the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Don't be so locked into your plans. Don't be so locked into your decisions. Don't be so locked into your point of view that God cannot speak to you. Sometimes God speaks to us through his word and our ways of thinking are changed. Sometimes God impresses us by his spirit and we relinquish previously cherished ideas. Sometimes God uses other people who have a different point of view. That's Pastor Mark Finley, and this is Hope Lives 365. At Hope Lives 365, we believe God answers prayer. Keep in mind this telephone number throughout today's broadcast, 888-244-HOPE. Here is Pastor Mark Finley with today's Hope Lives 365. Brother Ama has been in prison in Togo. He was wrongly condemned, unjustly condemned. And you remember some time ago, we shared with you the story of Pastor Mutero and Brother Ama. The World Seventh-day Adventist Church prayed for these two men. They were falsely accused. They were in a set-up trial, and they were put in prison. Our leadership visited them. We appealed to international authorities. It was recognized that the charges were false, and Pastor Matero was freed from prison. But the elder of the church, Brother Ama, was not freed, and he's been in prison. A contingent of Seventh-day Adventist leaders went to the prison and requested a visit. When they got to the prison, the prison official in charge of the entire prison said, come into my office, I want to tell you a story. He said, we are amazed at the demeanor and the attitude of Brother Ama. In fact, he has been studying the Bible with the head of that prison, and he's been sharing Christ with others of the prisoners. When our leadership team got there to visit him, he told them some amazing stories, and I want to read to you briefly from an email that I received that a few of the Seventh-day Adventist leadership received from those that were in the prison visit. It is quite a remarkable email and quite amazing. And I'm just quoting the email. We visited Brother Bruno Ama. Upon our arrival, we were welcomed by the prison director, and he told us of his close relationship with our brother and how they discussed scripture together. He said they were doing their best to make the situation bearable for Brother Ama. After we shared some words of faith and hope, Brother Ama began to share with us his testimony. He shared some extraordinary experiences that he had with the Lord Jesus. Twice he had visions of Jesus in which he lost his strength 
and Jesus encouraged him to be faithful in the visit. Once, while he was going through a very serious time of despondency in prison, an angel actually appeared to him and literally carried him in his arms, strengthening him. We were so moved by these thrilling stories that we just wept with these divine encounters that he shared with us about his time in prison. Angels still visit today. And one thing about the story of Jesus' birth, it's a story of angels. And so today, we want to look at four groups that surrounded the birth of Christ. We're going to look at Joseph, who was there at Jesus' birth, Mary, who gave birth to the Son of God, the shepherds in the fields, and the wise men. We're going to look at the encounters that each one of them had with angels. And in each encounter, we want to ask the question, what do these angelic messengers to Joseph, to Mary, to shepherds, and to wise men say to us living on the verge of the second advent of Christ? And so if you have your Bible, please take it and turn to Matthew, the first chapter. Matthew, the first chapter. We look at the story of Joseph. What did the angel say to Joseph, and how does that impact your Christian life and my Christian life today? So we'll look at each one of the stories, we'll get a background of the story, and then look at a lesson from that story. Matthew, the first chapter, we're looking there at Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now, with the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary, Matthew 1, verse 18, was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded. That was minded means he decided to put her away. To put her away means he divorced her secretly. Now, there are some interesting facts. You look there at verse 18. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph. That's rather a strange term for Western eyes, betrothed. In Jewish marriage, there were three stages. There was engagement. Betrothal was not engagement. There was engagement, betrothal, then marriage. So there was three stages. Engagement, betrothal, then marriage. Usually, when a young girl was nine or ten years old, her parents or a professionally paid matchmaker chose the husband for that young girl and that was called engagement. Marriage was so significant that it was not let to the romantic fancies of the child. So typically, the parent, when the girl was 8, 9, or 10, I'm not sure that we would go for that in Western society, but I'm just reporting what happened. The parent would choose the spouse. That would be a period of engagement. The two families would agree that this young man and this young woman would be married. When the children were in their mid to late teens, marriages were often very young. So Mary was extremely young when she married Joseph. There would be a period of betrothal. Now, in betrothal, just before that, 
the young woman could agree. There was a provision in Jewish law for her to agree not to marry. But if she was willing, they entered into betrothal. Betrothal lasted one year. In betrothal, the couple was considered husband and wife, but they could not enter into the intimacies of marriage, but they were considered husband and wife. In fact, if a husband died during the betrothal period, Jewish law wrote that the woman was a virgin and a widow. And so she was actually listed as a widow if her husband-to-be died during betrothal. In betrothal, there was a legally signed contract that one could not back out of. So if you became pregnant during this betrothal period, it was terrible. It was the worst shame that could be upon you because betrothal was a period of one year where there was no intimacy between husband and wife, but they were considered husband and wife during that period of time. And if you wanted to break that betrothal period, it had to be through what was a legal divorce. So now you understand a little more about the text. When we read Matthew chapter 1, now the birth of Jesus, verse 18, was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, this was not engagement. It was a legal contract to enter into marriage. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. So Joseph finds her of child. They're betrothed. There's this terrible, terrible embarrassment that's to come to the family. And as the result of that, Joseph wants to quietly go to legal counselors and enact a legal divorce. Now, as that process is taking place, this is based on Joseph's integrity, based on his desire to protect Mary from as much embarrassment as possible and ridicule. So as this point is occurring, an angel draws near. Now, notice verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded. He decided to divorce her. But while he thought about these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son and call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, notice they shall call his name Jesus. Jesus didn't come to save people from the power of Rome, but he came to save them from what? Sin. He didn't come to overcome Rome's armies. He came to overcome the principalities and powers of hell. He didn't come to establish an earthly kingdom. He came to establish a heavenly kingdom in the hearts of all who would receive him. He didn't come to be supported by the strength of human leaders. He came in the power of the Holy Spirit to vanquish the forces of hell. Now, heaven came near and the angel amazed Joseph, revealing that the child in Mary's womb was conceived of the Holy Spirit and would be the Messiah of the world. This angelic visitor changed Joseph's plans, and it changed Joseph's life. What do we know about Joseph at this point? What does this story, what does this experience tell us about Joseph? Joseph was sensitive to God's voice. Joseph was willing to surrender his plans to discover God's plans. His decisions were not ironclad or inflexible. He was willing to have his plans interrupted by divine directions. Now, here is the first lesson of today's 
message. Allow yourself room to change. Allow yourself room to change. Joseph made a decision to divorce Mary based on his best human judgment. But God interrupted that decision with a divine message. Don't be so locked into your plans. Don't be so locked into your decisions. Don't be so locked into your point of view that God cannot speak to you. Sometimes God speaks to us through his word and our ways of thinking are changed. Sometimes God impresses us by his spirit and we relinquish previously cherished ideas. Sometimes God uses other people who have a different point of view. Pastor Mark Finley will continue with more in just a moment. Stay tuned. You can grow in your knowledge of God's Word by enrolling in online courses by Pastor Mark Finley. Go to HopeLives365BibleStudy.com. That's HopeLives365BibleStudy.com. When you go there, you will find wonderful courses such as Bible prophecy, discipleship, leadership, or improving your health. These courses are especially designed to help you discover deeper insights into the Bible. Go to HopeLives365BibleStudy.com. That's HopeLives365BibleStudy.com. Or call right now to register, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. 888-244-HOPE. Here now, once again, Pastor Mark Finley. Joseph was responsive to God's directions. He was willing to have his mind changed on a decision he had previously made. And because of that, he had the privilege of being this spiritual mentor of Jesus. Can you imagine it? Joseph working in the carpenter shop of Nazareth with Jesus for year after year after year and helping shape that young mind. What if Joseph were so locked into his position? What if Joseph were so narrow-minded that he couldn't change? What if the divine angel spoke to Joseph and Joseph refused the direction of the angel and divorced Mary? What if that would have happened? One thing that this story tells us is that don't be locked in. Don't simply push your point of view. Be sensitive. Listen to divine instructions and be willing to change. There is a statement in the book Desire of Ages, page 208, that is really impressive to me. Listen, Ellen White writes it this way. So utterly was Christ emptied of himself that he made no plans for himself. Now notice there is not a period after no plans. It doesn't say, so utterly was Christ emptied of himself that he made no plans. I've heard people quote it that way. And the idea is, I'm not going to make any plans. We're going to float around, you know, no direction in my life. I'm going to let God teach me. That is not what the statement says. So utterly was Christ emptied of himself that he made no plans for what? Himself. So the next sentence, he accepted God's plans for him. And day by day, the father unfolded his plans. So should we depend upon God that our lives may be the simple outworking of his will. Lesson number one from the angel's message to Joseph. Oh God. Help me be not so locked into my plans that I miss your plans. Help me not be so ironclad in what I want to do 
that I miss what you want me to do. Joseph listened to the voice of God. End time lesson number one. Surrender your plans to God's larger purpose because his vision for your life is beyond what you can ever imagine. Surrender your plans to God's larger purpose because God has a vision for your life. Did God have a vision for Joseph's life? Did God have a plan for Joseph's life? Was it grander and greater than Joseph ever conceived of? Indeed it was. The angel's message, surrender your plans to God's larger plans. We move to the second angelic visit in the Christmas story narrative. We turn to Luke, the first chapter. Luke chapter 1. God speaks to us through Joseph. Surrender your plans to God's larger purpose. God speaks to us through Mary. Luke, the first chapter, verse 26 through 37. Mary is amazed. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed, there's that word betrothed again, they're in that one year period of legal binding marriage to prepare them for their marriage day. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you, blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying, considered what the manner of greeting was. Mary doesn't understand what the angel wants to announce, what he wants to say. Then the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, you found favor with God. So she must wonder, How did I find favor with God? And behold, you'll conceive, and your womb will bring forth a son. That will call his name Jesus. Now she's really confused because she's never known man. She has not been intimate with Joseph in this period of betrothal. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? I have not known a man. She's amazed. She's flabbergasted. She's overwhelmed. And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has conceived a son in her old age. Verse 27, For with God nothing is impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the man's made servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. Here, Mary is absolutely amazed. The angel tells her, you're going to bear a child. You're going to be pregnant, conceived by the Holy Spirit. And Mary said, this is impossible. But yet she says, look at the words here in the last verse in that section. Verse 28, Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord. The original language for maidservant is bondservant, the slave of the Lord. What is Mary saying? Mary is saying, I am a child of God. I want to enjoy the favor of God in my life. Whatever God wants for me, I will submit to his plans. Her submissiveness enabled her to get direction and gain understanding from the Lord. You see, when you look at Mary's response, she recognized that what the angel was saying was impossible, but she believed in the God of the impossible. What is the angelic message in Luke chapter 1 to Mary? What is this second lesson for us? The second lesson for us is found here in verse 27. 
with God, nothing will be impossible. Mary trusted a God that could do the impossible. By faith, Mary believed what she could not see or even understand. By faith, Mary accepted the angelic announcement even though it to her did not seem logical. By faith, Mary accepted what the angel said even though to her what the angel said seemed unbelievable. Why? There's one reason. Mary believed the God of the impossible. Now there are times that we're going to face impossible circumstances in our lives. There are times that it's going to be necessary for us by faith to grasp the God of the impossible. Some of us will have challenges that are financial challenges, and some of you are going through them today. You want to do God's will, but you're facing tremendous financial challenges. We serve the God of the impossible. There are some of us that are going to face health challenges. We serve the God of the impossible. There are some of us that are going to face family challenges. We face the God of the impossible. Can you logically explain how the Holy Spirit can conceive the Christ child in the womb of Mary? There are times that Christianity is illogical. Now, God gives us enough faith to believe, enough evidence to believe. Christianity is believable. The prophecies of the Bible reveal its integrity. The life-changing power of Christ revealed in the Bible reveals the Bible's veracity. The coherence of the Bible, the archaeological finds. But you cannot explain logically how Moses walks into the Red Sea and that thing opens. There's no logical explanation for that. You cannot explain logically how manna falls from heaven. You cannot explain logically how Jesus walks with water. You cannot explain logically how Jesus breaks bread and it feeds 5,000. And you can't explain logically how the Holy Spirit conceives Christ in the womb of Mary. There comes a point of Christian life where you say, God, I'm going to lay my logic aside. And all my human reason I'm going to lay aside and accept by faith that which you have said and I believe in the God of the impossible. God is full of surprises. In fact, God seems to specialize in surprises, but especially the impossible. Many times we expect God to do one thing and he does another. We anticipate his movement in one direction, but it's often in another direction. We trust him to handle something immediately, and he waits, and it seems like God's taking forever. And in other times, we think, we anticipate waiting for a long time, and almost overnight, he solved the problem. God loves to do things that we have no power to do. And that's the way he's planned our lives. You see, we call it impossible, but God says there's no problem at all. Even the most overwhelming obstacle will not be impossible to overcome with God. You see, we're all faced with a series of great opportunities. But you know what? They're brilliantly disguised as impossibilities. We are faced with great opportunities disguised as impossibilities. Many times believers are convinced that there's no way that even God can intervene in their life. But they miss out 
on God's key work. Notice these three points. First, our impossibilities are channels through which God moves most powerfully. Every impossibility in your life is a platform for God to launch into his great work. God can do the very best work in our lives when we're faced with impossible situations. He can. He can. Why? Because there's no credit that goes to us. It all goes to God. Secondly, when God intervenes, his surprises are always for our best good and his glory. What do we learn from the message to Joseph? From the message to Joseph, we learn, don't be locked into your own ideas or plans. Listen to the voice of God. What do we learn from the message to Mary? We learn that second lesson. Never forget, when you face impossible situations in your life, God is the God of the impossible. But the shepherds want to speak to us this morning. They have a message from an angel too. And the wise men, let's look at it. We go to the shepherds, Luke chapter 2. Luke, the second chapter. The message from the shepherds. What do they say to us this morning? Luke, the second chapter, verses 8 and onward. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. There is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Why didn't the angel say? Why didn't they say we have a shocking announcement for you? When you read Luke chapter 2 and verse 10, it's as if the angels are saying to them, We bring you good tidings of great joy. You have been studying something. You've been looking at the prophecies. You've been anticipating something. You are shepherds in the field, but you are sensitive to the fact that the Messiah is coming. Thanks for listening today to Hope Lives 365 with Pastor Mark Finley. We are a listener-supported ministry and would love for you to partner with us as we continue to present Christ-centered biblical truths of Scripture in practical, relevant ways. Visit the website hopelives365.com to find out more about Pastor Mark Finley and Hope Lives 365. Call 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673 or visit hopelives365.com. Thanks for listening today to Hope Lives 365. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.